closer to the athletes, coaches, families, and fans of Cincinnati sports. It's On the Sidelines with Q102's Molly Watson and Lindsey Patterson. Presented by OrthoCincy, the orthopedic authority. We are back on On the Sideline. Q102, Lindsey Patterson getting ready for training camp. And I have to bring out one of my favorite Bengals podcasts. I'm not just saying it because he's on here right now, but also a really great follow over on Twitter, underscore Taylor Cornell. Taylor, how you doing? I'm doing great. And even if you were just saying that because I'm here, I still appreciate it, Lindsay. Well, I, it is <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts. I was listening to it last year and, um, and I, and I was listening to a little bit this off season. I know you had Paul Daner on recently too. And I love your topic of conversation because you always seem like a realist, like, Hey, this is what's going on. You're never too down or never too high. And you're just like, Hey, this is what's going on with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. And I can always appreciate that, but promote your podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast is the Who Day Den. Um, I promote it mostly out on Twitter. Again, that's uh, underscore Taylor Cornell. But um, the 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 schedule has been not as consistent as I usually would like due to some unforeseen circumstances. But as the season gets closer, we're going to get uh, a little bit more consistent with it. Uh, like you just mentioned, we had Paul Danner on uh, last week and had a lot of great conversation and uh, really enjoyed that one too. So uh, anyone that wants to add a new Bengals podcast to the rotation, definitely check out the Who Day Den. I think it's a great time. If you have a Bengals podcast, you can't get enough of it. You get Dan oh, Holder, Paul Daner. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more when the season starts. So make sure you check that out. Now we're going to talk a little Mike Brown. Uh, it's normal. We always hear from Mike Brown at least once a year, right before training camp starts. I know the rookies reported. Joe Burrow reported over the weekend. And they'll really get started on Wednesday. The rest of the team will be there tomorrow. But we heard from Mike Brown. For me personally, he didn't say anything that was too crazy, groundbreaking. He was Mike Brown when we heard from him today. I wasn't surprised, but you've probably seen Twitter and social media today. And I think a lot of fans, they're a little nervous about what Mike Brown said. Yeah, I think it's easy to to read into some of the stuff, especially when he's not going to give you explicit quotes that are going to be able to uh, react to. You kind of have to read between the lines. And so I think a lot of fans are reading between the lines, especially as it relates to T Higgins and maybe what it means for him. Um, but I think, you know, in the same way, I think it was uh, around the NFL draft sometimes in sometime in like March or something, he spoke as well. And he mentioned something and specifically mentioned T as one that they wanted to get done. So really there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I, I agree with you. There's not a whole lot there that we can take away as concrete evidence that anything is, uh, you know, coming on the horizon here anytime soon necessarily. But I think we're all hopeful that we get all those key guys locked up sooner rather than later. Yeah, I honestly, I find it encouraging that the conversations between Joe Burrow, his agency, and I know Joe's a part of the conversation with the front office too. It's all behind the closed doors and having that respect when you hear the owner speaking today, Duke Tobin, Zach Taylor, they're quiet about it because they respect that side. And, and that's important when he's your franchise quarterback. And I'm, yeah, no news is good news for me personally. Um, if I don't see Ian Rappaport putting something out on social <laughs> media that two sides are really far apart or anything like that, Joe's been there since day one and I think that's absolutely huge I think it's going to be something we see before uh they start the season maybe preseason games start but but it will get done Bengals fans I feel very optimistic that will happen uh we'll talk a little T Higgins because you do bring up a good point look they're both connected it's really a domino effect I do think Joe Burrow would be the first and then you have T Higgins you have Logan Wilson decide hey the linebacker market feels pretty good right now but you also brought Jermaine Pratt back 
Uh, so it really does factor into who's going to get that next extension after Joe Burrow. For me personally, I, I feel so many different ways about it because you do have to be smart as a front office. You don't want to lose T Higgins, but you also have Jamar Chase who you're going to want to uh, give a nice pretty nice extended contract absolutely to and um i think personally it's just it's it's really going to be how the dominoes fall it really is and i know it, it isn't super encouraging that it they could be going into the season without t higgins under contract but i wouldn't be surprised if it if he doesn't get under contract if it is something they revisit next offseason or he's a franchise tag in 2024 I think it's like a really unique situation too, because you kind of touched on it there. Um, you know, Bengals fans, we're all making our predictions and some of it might just be wishful thinking about how quickly things will get announced. Like maybe it'll be before, uh, you know, camp gets underway or maybe it'll be right when it gets underway. Could be this week. News could break any moment. But I think like it's a really unique situation with Joe Burrow because you mentioned him being kind of that first domino to fall. And so it feels like that that is what needs to happen. And um, even Mike Brown touched on it a little bit today. Uh, that needs to happen before anything else is going to take place, whether it's Logan Wilson or whether it's C Higgins, whether it's both or DJ reader, who knows who else might be getting an extension. But I also think so in, in that sense, it creates a sense of urgency. But on the other hand, you, you also have Joe Burrow, who is not going to be a guy that is creating any sort of drama during camp. They, there's they've pretty much shut down questions on it. So it's not going to be really a cloud hanging over any of the other guys. So in that sense, it makes it like a little bit easier to maybe let these negotiations play out. And whether it's waiting for Justin Herbert to sign his extension first so they can top it or whether it's just kind of crossing some T's and dotting some I's, whatever it may be, they don't have to feel like they are necessarily pressed for time in that sense. Yeah, and, and I'm sure we'll hear from uh, Joe Burrow as they kick training camp off with the rest of the crew. Maybe later this week or a, a couple weeks into camp, we do hear from him usually weekly, the quarterback press conference. But I want to stay with Joe Burrow. Um, you know, there's a lot of, and I know this stuff is absolutely silly because we're in, we were in the middle of the offseason. You're going to see all the rankings in the world and the two of the top quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, um, they're, they're two really good quarterbacks. You can put Josh Allen in the conversation too. But what do you think about Joe Burrow? going into year four for him right now in the 2023 outlook spring brings new beginnings but it can also bring unexpected injuries ortho since orthopedic urgent care is more affordable than a busy er with five convenient locations including extended evening and saturday hours in edgewood and anderson ortho since orthopedic urgent care makes it easy to get the care you need simply walk in no appointment necessary Visit orthocincy.com to learn more. That's orthocincy.com. What do you think about Joe Burrow going into year four for him right now in the 2023 outlook? I actually was just having this conversation in a, a group chat earlier of, of other people that are not Bengals fans. And I, I don't know if they realize this. And I'm like, knock on wood, guys, this is his first offseason without something major um, kind of getting in his way. And so... I think that, and I think Andrew Russell of PFF tweeted it today, uh, kind of talking about how from the first five weeks of the season last year, you saw him struggling in certain areas and kind of getting his feet under him. And that was likely due to coming back from the appendectomy and then really took off from there all the way through the playoffs. And I think if we get what we're used to seeing end of season, Joe Burrow, and we get that from the start of the season and this team is able to not put themselves in a hole early on losing games that they shouldn't lose. I think the, uh, the sky's the limit here for this offense and for this team. And I, I mean, Joe Burrow was kind of in sort of those MVP conversations as the year wore on last year. I think this year from, from the start of the year to the end, all the way throughout, he's going to be in the running as a top two, top three guy for MVP voting. 
Yeah, it should be really fun. And and someone who could help him is a supporting cast on the offensive line. This might be a hot take, but it's kind of how I felt personally for the majority of last year that the offensive line was okay for the majority of it. Yeah, I know how people feel about Jonah Williams, and goodness, I am over that conversation. <laughs> I hope Jonah Williams has his best year yet at yep. right tackle. Um, that is great for the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's great for Jonah Williams going into uh, his offseason in 2024 after this year. So hope that works out at right tackle. We'll see if there's some cam competition. Nobody's really said, hey, it's really going to be Jonah Williams, but I thought Jonah was really positive when he when he talked to the media for the first time, and, and he's ready to compete for that job. But overall, you bring in Orlando Brown, you look at your guard positions right now. Alex Cap is going to come back. One of their best offensive line pieces from last year, Ted Karras at center, who doesn't love Ted Karras. And then uh, Cordell Volson, who I kind of have as my breakout player going into year two for him. But overall on the offensive line, I think it's it's going to be one of Joe Burrow's best lines. What do you think about it? I, I agree. And and something we are, we're, we're hoping for a Cordell Volson, you know, jump in year two, which I think is probably to some extent, um, likely to happen it's okay to expect that and and not be you know out there on a limb to say that how much he improves not sure I know kind of as a prospect he didn't come in with the highest ceiling necessarily which is kind of like a solid uh, addition there along the the offensive line but if he improves a little bit and we're expecting left tackle to look good with Orlando Brown there you mentioned Kappa was extremely solid last year Karras is an anchor there in the middle right tackle becomes the only quote-unquote question mark and if that's the only question mark is Jonah Williams moving to right tackle. I feel pretty good about that because I actually don't think it is as enormous of a question mark as some people make it out to be. And I think it helps a little bit while I don't want to see Joe Burrow getting pressured a lot and taking hits. At least it's not his blind side. Uh, and we've seen Joe work magic uh, in the pocket there when he's under pressure. And I think he would be able to navigate if there was any shaky play along the the right side. And even then I kind of kind of feel like that would maybe just be towards the beginning of the season as Jonah's kind of getting his feet underneath of him there. But as that line begins to gel, like we saw last year as the season wore on, they can play very solid. And you didn't even mention yet Lyle Collins, who could be a really nice depth piece later on whenever he is able to come back to full health. Yeah, you mentioned Lyle, and, and one of my favorite things, and I know we're, we see it a lot, every player is in the best shape of their lives. You see all the Instagram <laughs> videos and the hype videos are lifting weights. It's great. We get excited. We're ready for football season. Um, I've been really impressed so far with Lyle Collins' is, is bounce back so far in some of his um, social media videos, and I know you know he's going to start out on the pup and to be determined on when he'll, he'll be activated, but he can be at any time. I think it's really important for the Cincinnati Bengals to not rush him back. Let him take his time. Let him get healthy because he was never fully healthy last year and it was unfortunate for him you know he didn't practice half of the time and, and that was fine I, I really appreciate Zach doing that and just being smart with his players and not pushing it with Lyle but he was dealing with them um, I want to say it was a lower back injury and then mm -hmm. obviously everybody knows what happens with the ACL I just I think it's really smart for this team and they already had it in the books to go ahead keep Lyle on this roster because I feel like the last two years, they were an offensive lineman away from maybe one or two Lombardies. And that's extremely important when it comes to health and somebody could go down. Yeah, not having to rush him back is nice. And then even when he does, uh, be, when he is able to return to practice and things like that, we don't even have to expect him to play right away. We don't have to expect him to play at an extremely high level and come in and be an all pro level guy right away. Because I think in an ideal world, 
uh, Collins is back at full strength and becomes a depth piece for us because Orlando Brown and Volson and Karis Kappa Jonah, they're all playing so well that we don't need or we don't feel the need to immediately insert somebody into the lineup. And, and he does have, I know it's been a few years now uh, ago with Dallas, but he does have some experience at left guard earlier in his career too. So he does provide a little bit of the interior and uh, outside line um experience too that maybe he could help out if, if Jonas struggles with any health issues or anything like that or Folson whatever it may be like you kind of have a backup plan there with uh Collins and it's a good place to be in I think honestly especially like you mentioned the lack of depth has really hurt us the last couple of years